I'm sure that there was something in there that Corey Feldman did when he was eight years old, and I support it. Yeah! Whip some ass, Barry! I, I worship that golden calf. Looking at stealing his brother's playboys and shit. Who does that kid think he is? <laughs> I'm gonna cry now! I'm with you! I have a strong suspicion that they will indeed not knock it off. <gasps> Ooh, did you watch them? I'm just more and more trying to... There's so much wacky, zany shit that we say that, like, before we even just start to really even talk, let's just hit record, just in case there's any... I know. Nuggets of goodness or nuggets of shit in there that we can include. Oh, guess what I got the ice house to start carrying. Oh, no kidding! Ah! Oh, so you literally, like, carry this, please, and they... Yeah. Well, they discontinued. I was on Lord Calvert for a while because that was like 12 bucks. I was like, nah. oh, crap. But then they're like, nope, the carrier for the state is not carrying it anymore or something. It's like, damn it. Well, could you get me in some Hunter then? They're like, oh, yeah, okay. So I go yeah. walking in there like a week later or two weeks later and I'm looking like, ah, oh, crap, what am I going to buy? And I, I, one of my friends works down there. She's like, oh, didn't you see? We got your stuff. It's right here on the top shelf. And I laughed and I said, we both know that's not where it belongs. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's uh, about, it's first cousins to old crow, but it's, it's the, the you know. Uh, it's better than old crow. Oh, it is. It's the wealthy cousin of old crow. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is rancid. Oh, that's the worst of the worst of the worst. That is, uh, whiskey's version of, uh, Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Just rot gut, you will not survive long-term drinking that. Yeah. Oh, I got a couple of... You might want to stop by your family videos, by the way. They got Thanksgiving sales. I... Ooh, nice. I heard about that. Yeah, for me. I'm going to let... That, that's going to be a roulette coming up. Hmm. Also. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, sweet. How much were... The, I'm guessing those were pretty cheap? Have you, did you see the trailer for this one? I have not seen that movie, huh? I haven't seen it either, but... Numeri Pace, Orlando Bloom, John Malkovich, Michael Douglas, and um, it's like a spy thriller action thing. So I was like, right. eh. they were three for six. So oh, got, nice man, that's yeah. great. Was there some other good uh, good deals? We now that we've moved, we're not we're not close to the really good family video. The one that's closest to us is the prices are ridiculous, and it's usually I I don't like going there. Uh, the other one is a lot better. I was probably at the one today that is closest to you. It was oh. like, I think it's on Middle Branch. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That, and that one, that's where I got those. Oh, okay. There, there are bad. more copies of those if you wanted to. I've got Star it. Trek Beyond, but the other two. Uh, Maze, Maze Runner was there too. I almost grabbed that one, but then I thought I'd go for the one I hadn't seen since I have Maze Runner Digital. Oh. Uh, but yeah. there were about three different copies of that American Assassin. I might have to pick that up, especially for two. Is it two bucks or? Well, if the, the ones that are marked two for five, th- those are three for six. Ah, oh, man, that's for Blu-rays, man. That's a good deal. Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And I had Star Trek Beyond Digital, but I you gotta you gotta have the Blu-ray, you know. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just I just wait. I just bide my time, dude. <laughs> wait till they've been out for a year or so, and then I can get them, pick them up there, real for two bucks. Forget it. I, I I don't like paying 
big sums of money for um for just general yeah population of your collection you know stuff that's co- commons that's the word yeah just commons. yes i agree i i know like it is now or we talked about this last week but it's pretty much at this point if you want a cheapy low budget schlocky horror movie you're gonna pay a lot of money for it because those are the ones that collectors are after not the star treks and the star wars and right mission impossible those are a dime a dozen you can pick those up cheap well, once they've been out for a while, but these here limited to a thousand copies. Yep, and I well, I noticed the uh, Batman the animated series Blu-ray collection finally came out, and they're like, yeah, limited to six. What was it, sixty-six thousand copies or something? That's a lot. Sixty-six thousand. That's, that's... I, it's a lot, but it's also like, why is that limited at all? Yeah, just yeah, just uh, creating that supply and demand thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I gotta have it in case it sells out. Because we want you to drop your $112 for it, for yeah. the whole series and three little figurine things. Like, I don't want any of that. Just just give me the discs. How many How many seasons are there of it? Four. 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 Okay, so four. Eh, that's, that's pretty steep. Yeah, but it's worth it. They, they've been fully remastered. The reviews I've been reading are insane about what, how it looks. Because the that show in the 90s... They did something that was the opposite of any other animation they'd ever done, and, and that was that they drew it on black paper instead of white, and then coloring everything in gives it a completely different look. Well, you've seen an episode or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. But I've, from what I've heard, the um, Blu-ray is so cleaned up that it may, it's like seeing it for the first time, how you were shocked at that look. Now it's mm-hmm. that much better because it's so well uh-huh. cleaned up. That is a good show. I well, actually, I watched one episode with uh, the kids, and they were terrified. And Joni was like, "Nope, nope, turn it off." So, yeah, yeah, can, it does have some dark themes to it. Yeah, well, I liked what I saw though. But that's um, well, yeah. If that's the case, if that's the one that's being released, then that uh, that should do pretty well in sales because that's a pretty popular show. Oh yeah, huge. A lot of people like me still say it's the best Batman anything that exists. So, I don't know. I asked for it for Christmas, but I don't think that's happening. Uh, I've still got my DVDs. <laughs> and a couple of VHSs. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a completely different. I always like to say what I see out my window. And uh, it's funny because neighbors just moved in next to us. And it's just... Different. Just and not working out, is it? Well, yeah, you know, I'm about to fire them, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, their kids and our other neighbors that we we've kind of gotten to know they they all converge to get their kids at the same time down in the corner, and then there's another family as well, and it's just there's just a hodgepodge of awkward down there. I can just tell because it's a group of parents that are all standing strategically placed to where they don't have to talk to each other. <laughs> Well, that's me when I go to pick up the kids, because I have to walk over to pick them up from school. Yeah. And, yeah, it's we all just kind of, eh. And then some yeah. people are friendly and talk, and I'm from the other side of the county, so I don't really know the history of everybody's family and whatnot. And every once in a while, somebody will kind of be like, hi, and I'll be like, hi. <laughs> uh-huh. and, then there, and then there's no more conversation, because I don't know how to act around yeah. people. Oh, I'm, I'm so socially awkward. It's, oh, it's... I actually, just to make sure that I would not... Whenever, I, if I ever... If and when I pick up Lucas after school, um, I always drive out because that way I'm in I'm in my vehicle, and if there's any any neighbors that come out and then want to talk, I'm I'm secure and safe in my vehicle, just 
Back up ten feet. We can wave. We can wave and smile fakely. That's that's about where it ends. <laughs> I just wish so bad you had a beeper on your car so that when you do go back up, it's beep, beep, beep. <laughs> as you slowly pull away from the, any conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> the one neighbors I, I don't mind at all, like the ones that moved in right after we did. I, I don't mind talking to them. That's that's fine. But everybody else, it's like, uh, I'm my my get to know you level is all filled up. I'm on I'm on I'm on full. Yep. <laughs> Completely, completely out of uh, out space of for new people. Space for new people and friend coins. I don't need any more friend coins. Nope. Good. <laughs> Might actually have a few too many. Okay, are you ready to start the show? <laughs> uh, I'm yep. Eric <laughs> and I'm Eugene. Uh, how are we doing, sir? <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Are your uh, kids off tomorrow? Yes. Now they're off for six days and. Yep, it's got stuff going on out in the living room and kitchen right now, and I'm in the, I'm I'm in my office. <laughs> uh, well, it's <laughs> you. Um, it's my daughter's 14th birthday today. Mmm. So she'll be driving in a year and a half. Okay. Yep. So oh. there's festivities inbound. They're all the women are always complaining because their birthdays are around holidays. With her, obviously, it's Thanksgiving, and then with my wife, it's right after Christmas and New Year's. And they're like, everybody's partied out. Nobody ever wants to party on our birthdays. It's like, well, you guys don't want to party on my birthday when there's nothing happening, so whatever the hell. Let's, uh, yay! Um, <laughs> you ready to go to the roulette? What's going on outside your window? <laughs> just because you are disinterested oh. in anything I'm saying. I, I just, I, just to, to wrap up this, the, the awkward now, so, and I, I, I'm a parent. I know how this shit works. So the the guy was the the new neighbors. The guy was out to get his daughter, and I'm like, as soon as the bus shows up, he he runs him and his daughter run, chase each other back to the house. I'm like, you, dude, I know what you're doing. You're running fast so you can get away from the other neighbors. Because yeah. I would do the same thing. Hey, hey, hey let's run. Let's yeah. quick run because we're on a race. Except I don't want to talk to anybody else. I, 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 like, I know it. I I know. Uh, I would bet a thousand dollars. That's what was happening. I'm just like. Oh, you're awkwardly running away, and you kind of look kind of Tom Cruise running, and it's great. Oh, I'm a parent, too. You don't have to explain it to me. You know that I know. And with me, it's usually my slow poke third kid, where he just is dragging ass all the time. Oh. Like, dude, can we just go? Just walk. Like, every other time, it's, look, Dad, I'm Sonic, running around. And then it, until it's, you know, we got to get out the door, I'm trying to go to work, or I'm trying to get back from school, and then I'm dragging them. Yeah. And I've done the same thing. Well, you know what? I can beat you back to the house, Sonic the Slowpoke, and then I'll just kind of barely walk fast, jog yeah. while he runs for his life. Yeah. Oh, he was he was going at it pretty good, I and mean, he was he was chugging along. I'm like, you want to get away from the other the women out there, don't you? <sighs> good times. Okay, Maybe now he I'll... was rushing home to listen to the Movie Freaks podcast. Yep, yeah, that could be. And then I'll get a knock on the door. Why are you talking about me on your show? Yeah. <laughs> I know you know that that was me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, Eugene's like, beep, beep. <laughs> and I make that noise as I back away yes. from my door. Like, eh, I'm awkward. <laughs> beep, beep. You're like, I got a turkey in the oven. Yeah. Beep, oh. beep, 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 beep. He's like, I can literally see you making yeah. that noise with your mouth. Yeah. No, no, it's not me. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> as, as black smoke actually does come pouring out of our house, which is about, okay, we're right. <laughs> Let's go to the roulette! 
time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Okay, and on this episode of the roulette, I will blabber mouth while I like to get my paper out. There we go. It is April and the Extraordinary World up against Into the Forest, and oh, thank God, it's your turn to go first. Okay, uh, Into the Forest. Get my notes out here. Ah, here we go. Um, so this is going to be one of those reviews to where uh, this movie will appeal to certain people. I'm just going to say that right now as I delve into my review. This will, so take this with a grain of salt because <laughs> get ready because it's for certain people and then it's, it's not for certain people. Into the forest from 19, from 19. Elves. It's for elves. Yeah. <laughs> I know who this is for. Um, <laughs> from 2015, drama sci-fi thriller. Let's just right now cut to the chase here. There's no thrills and there is no sci-fi. We'll stick with drama with a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of, I guess, hip, uh, nah, emo-ish. Um, after a massive power outage that is never explained, two sisters learn to survive on their own in their isolated woodland home. And by learning to survive, they learn to pick berries and chop, chop wood. And, uh, the one girl, she's a dancer. And now that they don't have, now that they don't have power, she has her little tick, 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 whatever the hell that thing is called. The thing that goes tick, metronome. Yeah, there you go. And she does that while she cries because Power's out because she's still a dancer. Um, uh, that's Rachel Evanwood that does that. Ellen Page is the, I guess the, she's the pants in the family. I, I, she, she uh, yeah. The power outage is never explained, and it's basically it's a, uh, uh, coming becoming one with nature, kind of, and going back to your roots. Uh, I'm gonna spoil the movie. A guy shows up that we meet in the beginning, and I figured that he was gonna play a part in this. The, their dad is there with them in the house, and they're wilderness type people, so they go into town to pick up some stuff when the power outage happens, and they're like, well, this is gonna be a while. And at that point, you know, it's not gonna be a while, it's gonna be out for god knows how long. Alan Page hooks up with her boyfriend for a little bit, and they, we meet this other guy that works at a convenience store. Well, I'm like, oh, he's gonna probably play in later, cause he's a kinda creepy, um, now there's her thrills of the movie is when he shows up and gets all rapey. Okay, so I, I please let me spoil this movie because I endured, I, I endured the movie, so therefore I shall spoil it. Um, so yeah, as, as time goes on, the dad dies from a chainsaw wound because he's cutting a tree or whatever. And then rapey man shows up and impregnates the Rachel Evan Wood and she doesn't want to abort the baby. She wants to have the baby because life and, uh, what else? Um, they run out of toothpaste. That happens. Oh, and they have this gas. They they have a thing of gas. So every now and then they'll fill up the generator, and so the girl can dance to her music. Um, uh, but then she's pregnant and she's depressed because she got raped, and which is awful. Um, hands. Um, and then so finally the baby comes, and the house starts to crumble, and they go to live in the wilderness. Yeah, roll credits. There you go. It's... I hated it. I I hated it. Now, having said that... Well, acting, l- let me dive in here for a second. Uh, had I known that, like with the genre stuff, I wouldn't have put it up there. Yeah. I, I, 
I read the synopsis. Post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah, and, me too. Like, yeah. You know, like, with that idea, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, that would have been a good movie. Yeah, this this was a... And, and this Up our real, alley, I should say. Yeah. This is a female empowerment movie, which is great. Um, the acting is actually very good. The filmmaking, the cinematography is excellent. Um, so it's shot beautifully. The acting, I mean, it's, it's made for a certain person and I am, I am so not that person. So I do give it props for being a technically well-made movie. It's just marketed wrong. Like that is, there is no science fiction and there is no thrills unless you call a weird dude getting rapey thrills. It wasn't to me. I, do they show the rape? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's like we basically just see her face as she's kind of enduring it for Ugh. a little, a little tiny bit, and it's unpleasant. Um, but it just, man, it was so, so, so not me, and just boring. And but there is a certain demographic for this movie. It's just not me, and so I'm not. I while I did not like it, I would. I'm gonna say it. It's not a, a complete. Shit pile. It's not that. It's just I got not you. It's just not you. something if you you would normally push play on. No, we no, all have I, our thing genres that we like and dislike. Yeah. It's fine. I In you. fact, I even told my wife I said because I started it with her and then I of course fell asleep. Um, and then I finished it the next day and I said actually I'm like I didn't like it. I said but honestly like I bet you would like it and I bet I bet anything my wife would like it. Mm. And that's not a. Sl- I mean it's just different. No, I got and, you. I got yeah. you. So anyway, there you go. Take it for what it's worth. I don't think you would like it at all, but. No, I, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. You know, I, it has to be a pretty highly reviewed movie for me to watch a movie with the rape in it. I hate that. I hate that they simulate those things. I know yeah. it exists in the real world, and we got to deal yeah. with that. But why well, uh, the fact that he steals most of their gas, then and then you never see him again, and so it's like it's we're it's the real world. This was kind of what like you said, what this could happen, and and they very much go for realism, whereas everything that you see, you don't know what happened with the power. That's never explained, and it's. So, ugh. anyway. I got you. Yep. <clears throat> okay. April in the Extraordinary World. It's 1941, but France is trapped in the 19th century, governed by steam and Napoleon V, where scientists vanish mysteriously. Avril, played by Marion Cotillard, a teenage girl, goes in search of her missing scientist parents. Ah, uh, boy, this one's going to be a little tough to review. So, uh, Avril... Avril? I thought it was April. Okay. They have a misspelling here. Mm. The title is April in the Extraordinary World, but then it says Avril down here in the description. Uh, anyway. The first 30 minutes of this movie, I was a little like, ah, I'm not totally digging this, because the animation style is cool, but you can also tell that they might have been on... I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this. They might have had a bit of a budget, like a lower budget, so there's only so much you can do. So I didn't, but it wasn't bugging me. It just, I was expecting a, this is going to sound really stupid from the animation guy, but I, I was not expecting quite the kids movie tone that it had. I mean, her she has a talking cat and the tone is hard to explain, but it definitely has a French kind of tone to it. Uh, and it definitely felt like a kids movie. And then mm. after about the first third, we get to the second act, a couple of things happen where I'm like, oh, oh, shit. Okay, I'm now I'm interested because now in this this weird alternate universe that we have, that's kind of steampunky. And every time that somebody discovers electricity, these 
things swoop down from the sky and fire this badass laser to cut a hole in your house and then come take you away. Because they don't want people discovering electricity for whatever reason. That's cool. Yeah. And th- and there's these shadowy figures that are, like, kidnapping scientists and stuff. I'm like, okay, now I'm, now I'm back in. Then there's some weird, like, uh, tonally weird jokes where it's like, wait, I thought we were doing an... Uh, I thought we had gone to more of an adult kind of animated movie, and then it feels like we slipped back into a kid movie. And then we get into, like, the last third of the movie, the second half, and I was really, really into it. It got really interesting where the story went and the world that they were creating. The animation got really improved once you started bringing in these other... I don't I don't want to spoil it for you because you should watch this movie. Uh, probably with your... You might be able to even watch this with your kids. But the animation got really cool once they brought more of the sci-fi elements into it with the flying machines and um, houses that are not necessarily immobile. Let's mm. put it that way. That can maybe turn into submarines and fly or swim and fly away and do all kinds of magical shit. By the end, I totally enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It's the best way I can describe it is like if it it's more of an independent film with French tones that lives in a similar kind of Disneyfied world as the Iron Giant. Okay, it's not as good as the. Have you watched Iron Giant yet? No, I haven't. Oh, fucking prick. Ah, uh, here it gets weepy in the end. Dude, in the best possible way, and I'm putting that on the list for episode 300 options. <laughs> oh, because I just, I don't have much interest in that, and I know that Vin Diesel does the voice, but... Like... Oh, you would never know. It's the same as him doing the voice of Groot. Oh. He, he, the Iron Giant has a couple of words. Ugh, and Ben, um, Superman. That's about it. <laughs> uh, but... Oh, no. It doesn't get weepy in the end. Oh, you'll be bawling. And you'll, you Ugh. will also... Listen to me. No, no, no. You're making that face. You will also be thanking me that I forced you to watch that movie. It is fucking fantastic. It's a great movie. You you will... I'm not kidding. You will watch that movie. You'll probably cry. And you'll be like, that was fantastic. I loved it. Um, anyway. not This movie is not that uh, emotionally yeah. stressful. <laughs> uh but it was still, it, it just kind of had a little bit of that tone, a little bit of the childish jokes and uh, playfulness. I, I gave it a thumbs up, but you got to hang with it. I definitely think you should keep it in the queue. If not, maybe with the kids, you could definitely watch with your wife. I would start okay. there, see how, see how that goes. I've got a couple of other uh, wife-friendly roulette things that I'm going to be throwing your way in the next couple of weeks, too, I think. Perfect. I'm so. all for it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, so anyway, I give the movie a thumbs up. Just bear with it a little bit. And again, that probably had more to do with my expectations of the tones that I was seeing in that first half. Uh, but it, it still, it was just like, what are we doing here? This is kind of weird. Uh, but in the end, thumbs up. I dug it. Cool. Good. Okay, next round. Okay, starting off, uh, a holdover from last week, Outlaw King. This is a Netflix original. Uh, starring Chris Pine, a true David versus Goliath story on how the 14th century Scottish outlaw king Robert the Bruce used cunning and bravery to defeat the much larger and better equipped occupying English army. Two hours long, looks really good. I'm guessing that's fairly safe, even though it is, I know, it's a bit long uh, for a uh, roulette, with, but... with that cast, though, it's totally yeah. fun. And again, a holdover, uh, hold the dark, and... Actually, I put this back on here because of our uh, sometime, sometimes co-host Stephen Miller's uh, thoughts on the movie. He, I, I think he, or at least he wants to hear our thoughts on it 
as well. But uh, Hold the Door from 2018. This is another two-hour-long movie. Uh, Jeremy Salner directed. Jeffrey Wright stars. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård's in it. After the deaths of three children suspected to be killed by wolves, writer Russell Core is hired by the parents of a missing six-year-old boy to track down and locate their son in the Alaskan wilderness. And the trailer... I've watched the trailer several times for this because I've been... I've come so close to hit and play on this thing. The trailer is really, really good, and it looks really good, but it's that two-hour runtime. I'm like, uh, I want your opinion on that first. Okay. And lastly is Cam, and I did watch a trailer for this, and this looks... This is another Netflix original, and this looks pretty good. This is a horror thriller, I guess, but it's uh, 90 minutes. Alice, an ambitious cam girl, wakes up one day to discover she's been replaced on her show with an exact replica of herself. And the trailer looks pretty cool, and that's another one where I'm like... Uh, eventually, if no one picks this one on roulette, I might just hit play on that at some point, because I like the premise and the trailer looks pretty good. Hmm, that is interesting. Don't be surprised if that comes back your way. Okay. If I don't pick it. Uh, for you, your safest pick of the week, the Pixar story. Go behind the scenes at Pixar Animation Studios with this Emmy-nominated doc, tracing the creation history of the groundbreaking company. 88 minutes. Uh, then from the Coen brothers, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Ranging from absurd to profound, these western vignettes from the Coen brothers follow the adventures of outlaws and settlers in the American frontier. Liam Neeson, James Franco, Tim Blake Nelson, Tom Waits, 133 minutes. But with all of those names, it's kind of... Yeah. And your horror pick of the week, and I watched the trailer for this, so I did give it the trailer test because this is a subtitled film. May the devil take you. Hoping to find answers to her estranged father's mysterious illness, a young woman visits his old villa and uncovers a horrifying truth from the past. And I, it might be kind of a ghosty, demony thing in the house, but I watched the trailer, and a couple of them shots were pretty creepy. I mean, like, all right, and you know how I am on ghost shit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that one is subtitled, just FYI. Okay. There you go. Um, you threw three good roulettes my way this week. My, my only thing with the Pixar is, I think that was from 2007 or 2008, and it's, that's like, that's 10 years old, and there's been a, there's been a lot that has happened at Pixar since then, so I wonder if it's still as relevant as it was when it come, when it came out. I don't know. Hmm. Um, good point. Anyway, uh, but the other two, man, that was, Literally flipping a coin because I want to watch both of them. Coen Brothers and, I'm not sure if you know who directed this, May the Devil Take You, but it's from the guy that made uh, Safe Haven from VHS2 and uh, Headshot, which I think you watched Headshot. Headshot. Um, Is that a feature? Tony Jaa is in that. Let me look here. Is it Tony Jaa? I thought it was... I could be wrong. Man, I thought for sure that you watched that headshot movie. It, Timo, I don't know. As, as usual, I'm having trouble finding it. Oh, did I watch that? I, I thought I thought I, you did. It was on the roulette. Yeah, I know anyway, that it was on the roulette. Okay, but it, I I think it's so cool that the directors of the uh, the raid movies and VHS uh, that Safe Haven, which I love. Safe Haven. I, I like that they're making these Netflix originals. And normally, I would have picked Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, but because of that director, I will dive on that May the Devil Take You. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking back here. I know that's been on the roulette before. I don't think I watched it, though. I think you're mm-hmm. confusing that with um, that other one that he was in. 
Amnesiac with a head injury who's passing. I need to throw that back up on the roulette. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It... <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to take... Uh, what was Outlaw King? I'm going to take that one. I, and I had even marked Hold the Dark on here, but uh, I want to watch that Outlaw King movie. I'll check that one out. But that cam... That sounds real interesting. Yeah, the trailer looks really good. Like I'm like, ah, that's one that one of us will watch at some point, especially because it's a Netflix original and it looks weird enough to where one of us should like it, or, or at least for a roulette, you know? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Next week on the roulette, it will be uh, Outlaw King up against May the Devil Take You. And are you ready to move on to Rando Cues? Yes. All right. Okay. You have the list in front of you of random cues you came up with in this week, so... Yes, so, yep, we're going to do that random, just weird, weird uh, questions and answers type of thing. <laughs> and um, I just, I was sitting, like, after you said, okay, let's let's go with this for this uh, middle segment. I'm like, just whatever random weird shit pops into your head, just that's going to be the questions. And so that's literally the only one that I actually... Uh, had to rethink and like, ah, that might be a little too easy was the favorite animal, like favorite creature feature featuring a real animal or whatever, not a monster. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Jaws. So I'm like, ah, let's get rid of that. And, uh, anyway, uh, first up, first question is favorite underrated actor that deserves a shout out. And for me, I picked, uh, I mean, uh, I only have one actor down here, and it's the first actor that immediately popped into my head, and that is Peter Stormare. Nice. I love, love Peter Stormare. I like his, he's just a scuzzy sleazeball in everything. Or he's Satan. Or he's Satan in Constantine. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. He was in a horror video game, the, After Dawn or Just Until Dawn. Some, some horror video game for PS4 that I played, and every time that Peter Stormare would pop up, I'm like, ha yes, you're in that. Great. So I, he's awesome. I agree. I agree. I love that guy. Uh, okay, I'm going to run down my guy's filmography real quick, and I want to see if you can peg who I'm I'm thinking of. <clears throat> the reason I thought of him is because I watched two movies in the last week or so that he was in, and I was like, you know, I really like that guy, and I don't think he gets enough credit. Uh, I'm not going to mention everything he's been in, but just the notable stuff here. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, Enemy of the State, The Green Mile, Battlefield Earth, <laughs> ha ha uh, we were soldiers and Barry Pepper Barry Pepper sir yeah I had four <laughs> movies I ain't even done the 25th hour um, hold on here Flags of Our Fathers which I haven't seen he's uh, a good actor yeah that's a good that's a good one True Grit uh, The Lone Ranger Maze Runner The Scorch Trials Maze Runner The Death Cure and, yeah Anyway, so Barry Pepper, I, every time I see this guy pop up, uh, pop up, I'm like, yes, I like him. And I like that I, he's had lead roles, um, but he also is a great, I don't, I almost don't want to say character actor. He's almost too good looking for that. But um, these side ensemble pieces that he does really good, like the Green Mile and like uh, Maze Runner. He's yeah. just a badass. Every time he pops up, I'm like, yeah, whip some ass, Barry. <laughs> it's funny because when you were going down through the list, as soon as you said Battlefield or yeah, Battlefield Earth, I'm like, oh, Barry Pepper. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in Saving Private Ryan was he, he was the one that was the uh, sniper. Sniper, I think. Oh, yeah. He was so good in that. 
Good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, my my number two uh, uh, most deserving shout out would be Tom Noonan. I really like, and not for a huge portfolio, but mainly for House of the Devil, RoboCop Two, and he had the voice. Uh, he was the voice actor on um, oh, that really uncomfortable, weird animated movie. Uh, oh, and uh, Manhunter, of course. He was. Yeah. Uh, what was that movie? I'm not sure if you saw it or not. Animalisa. I don't know if I have. Very good movie. That's a... Charlie Kaufman wrote that and directed. Oh, wait. Did I... Oh, I might have. Very, very uncomfortable. Uh, okay. You want to go on the next one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up is favorite bizarro ending to a movie. I have three here. Um... The first one that I, and I try to, you know, as soon as the first thing that pops into my head is what I write down, and that would be Disney's The Black Hole. I thought that that was such a random, bizarro ending to a fairly straightforward 70s science fiction movie. Uh, I, I like that they kind of sort of tried to do a 2001 ending, and it doesn't entirely work, but it does work yeah, brilliantly, just because it's so weird and not family friendly how they how things go and it's very borderline event horizon esque and I thought that was very, very cool. I really, really like the ending of Black Hole. I don't uh, I don't disagree with you, but that we should have seen it coming a little bit because there is that reveal in the movie where he's turned the whole crew into these mindless robots. Like he's literally killed thousands of people. Yeah. So yeah. Good ending of that. Uh, that's yeah, it's great. Cool. Uh Cabin in the Woods is another that's kind of an honorable mention. Uh, just I I was hoping that they were going to go for it, and they did. So it's not as much of a bizarro ending, but it's it, they really went for what I was hoping they would. And normally, a movie like that wouldn't go that route, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, and the last one is Christmas Evil. I'm not going to spoil Christmas Evil uh, because the ending is so bizarro and what, but in the best possible way. It's it's great. Uh, if you haven't seen Christmas Evil. Uh, it's worth the watch for the ending alone because it's so weird. So there you go. <laughs> uh, for me, the first, again, <clears throat> it's not always going to be, oh, this is the best one for me. It's going to be, this is the first one that popped in my mind. And that was easily <clears throat> Sam Neill sitting in a theater laughing at his own face and in the mouth of madness. <clears throat> and then second to that was Prince of Darkness. And I, the only reason I went with in the Mouth of Madness is because you could kind of see that, well, I shouldn't say you could see that ending coming with Prince of Darkness. It just, it wasn't a shock, really, that, that it, it went that way. Whereas, it's a huge reveal for In the Mouth of Madness. It's like, oh, oh, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. We're watching the movie that ends the world. Like, it's too late for us. By the time you find out what's going on, it's too late. And I, I mulled that over for weeks. And I was like, oh, that... That was genius. I loved it. Number three. Excellent. I I agree with those picks. That's great. That's the John Carpenter Doom, like part of his Doom trilogy or whatever with uh, The Thing, Mouth of Madness, and uh, uh, So is the idea that those movies take place concurrently? I don't... I don't think so. It just He just made those movies to be very, very bleak. I mean, he, he didn't direct Halloween 3, which had a very similar bleak ending, but those three, like, they all have a, the world is doomed 
You know, all three of those movies. I know, but but um, the world ends kind of in all three of them, in a manner of speaking. Maybe the thing is the most removed because it's out of the way, yeah. but you assume that it's going to. Exactly, but yeah. it also could be a, a three-pronged, the world, because in the other two, the world, it's done. The world ends. Yeah. You, you know that. Well, they can't, it's not like, oh, the world ended first time this way, then the second time and it ended this way. You know, like yeah. they all kind of had to happen at the same time, just in different parts of the earth. Wouldn't it be awesome if somehow we could tie all three of those together and, oh, ooh. Oh, you could. You, yeah. could, you could fan fiction some shit <laughs> mm-hmm. together. I but like then again, that. you can also fan fiction, uh, I don't know, Tyler Durden and the narrator having butt sex. I don't <laughs> Hey, hey. Oh. Okay, on that note, number three. <laughs> Favorite movie you've turned around on and went from disliking to loving. And, I've got to say, first movie that popped in my head, The Box. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, that was easy for me. I really liked that movie. It, much more so than even Vanilla Sky, which I, I turned around on that one. But The Box, that was a kick-ass movie. I really dug that, especially... Really focusing in, like, the second time, watching all the special features. I even went back and re-listened to, not long ago, uh, my review of that on our uh, episode 200. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm um, like, yeah, I still, yep, I still think that's a underrated movie right there. And then on the other side of the galaxy, Friday the 13th, Part 5. I used to <laughs> strongly dislike Roy Jason and everything about Part 5, and now I've turned around and it is... Fast becoming one of, if not almost, my favorite of that entire series because it is crazy. And I like crazy. There you go. <laughs> uh, I could not come to terms with the way this question was worded. Um, mostly because I forgot that we were doing this segment and I got most of this done about 20 minutes before the show started. So I was having a hard time thinking of a movie that I'm, you could probably remind me of ones I've turned around on, but uh, I was having a hard time thinking of one that I went from hating to loving. So I found one that I, it was the first one that popped in my head that I went from disliking to liking. Is that fair enough? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've watched this movie several times and we've disagreed about it over the years very vocally. And only in the last couple years have I finally turned the corner and been like, you know what? I don't hate this movie anymore. I actually like it. And I kind of get why you do too, because of the cheesiness. And that's Top Gun. So I'm getting ah, that spot yay. to Top Gun. <laughs> it's the only thing I could think of on short notice. <laughs> I, I worship that golden calf. <laughs> I'm sure there's movies out there that I have turned around so far as from hate to love, but I, they just, I was drawing a yeah. blank on that one. Yeah. By the way, I can't believe that neither of us said uh, Sleepaway Camp for most uh, favorite Bizarro ending of a movie because Sleepaway Camp has a... <laughs> that's up there. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right. Well, th- but, there's lots of movies with weird endings. I know, I mean, yeah. M. Night anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite director that's no longer with us that's not Stanley Kubrick. My uh, my first pick would be the fantastic Lucio Fulci. Uh, runner-up, Umberto Lenzi. I've got to go with my Italian... Spaghetti Splatter guys, and I, I'll watch anything they've made. In fact, I've got uh, one of Fulci's early, I don't even know if it's a giallo, uh, crime thrillers from the 60s called Perversion Story. It's heading my way. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, everything that they do, I watch, and for the most part, either like or love. Yeah. This was another tricky question for me, and I don't know if it's because uh, most of the, well... 
a lot of directors I love are still alive, for one. And for two, I started thinking of movies that I love. Um, and then I was like, ah, is that guy dead? I should go see. Yep, he's dead. What else has he directed? And it's like, huh. Well, I love that one movie, but he's got about 80 credits of shit I haven't seen. So I probably shouldn't say that, he, you know, he's my favorite dead director. Uh, and then as I was looking through the questions, uh, there was another one that I was struggling with. And we will get to that a little later, but it also reminded me, oh yeah, Akira Kurosawa is no longer with us. Uh, he gets the choice. Yeah. He is definitely. He is deceased director numero uno, best for me. I would probably have thrown him up on there too. Yeah, I, I didn't think about him. Well, that's the thing. We don't watch as much classic cinema, so it's a little harder for us to... Uh, I mean, I know, John Huston, John... F or whatever, John Ford, all those guys, but I've barely seen any other movies and haven't really cared for the ones I have seen. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And even, like, George Romero. I really, really like George Romero, but I, I think I dislike more of his movies than I like. I mean, I, I love Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. And then from that, I mean... There's a couple others that I, I like, uh, you know, creep show, but it's, it's, there's still enough that I'm like, eh, it's not my favorite. Yeah. And I was running into either they made a lot of movies I didn't like, or I hadn't seen a lot of their stuff. Mm -hmm. John, John, uh, Frankenheimer made yeah. Ron Ronan. Like, I love that movie. That's like a, almost a perfect 10 for me, if not. Uh, but I haven't seen most of his stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep on with the, uh, with the, Deceased, yeah. deceased, um, subplot here. Favorite actor or actress that's no longer with us. Mine was, uh, I have two of them. Uh, and there's, I've, obviously, I mean, there's tons, but the first two that popped into my head. First one is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, taken way too soon. He is, he was one of my favorite actors. Everything he was in, he did great. Even if I didn't much like the movie, he was pretty much always spot on. And I like the fact that he could do comedy great. He could do action great. He is like the best part of Mission Impossible 3. That's probably why it's still my favorite of that series is, is because he was the best bad guy. Uh, but I, he's fantastic. And I, I do miss him. I miss seeing him in new movies. So that's my first pick. And then runner up, this is maybe a odd one, but Paul Walker is way up there. And I think mainly because he, seemed like he would have been the coolest dude ever in real life. Like he just seems like he seemed like the nicest guy. And I just, I liked his acting style. I just, I'm like, I wish I could have been your friend because you just seemed like such a cool dude. So Paul Walker. Yep. I don't disagree with that at all. He seemed really cool. That one. Yeah. I, I wish he would have gotten to play more roles like that one thriller that we both adore and can never remember oh, the yeah. name of running scared. Running Scared, such a damn good movie, man. Fantastic wow. movie. Uh, for me, again, this was just the first one to pop in my head. I, I mean, with the director thing and the actor thing, I'm, I'm literally Googling best dead <laughs> actors. Um, uh, but this was the first one that popped in my head, and so I'm going to go with it because it was a childhood favorite of mine, and that's River Phoenix. Mm, good choice. And I, I loved a lot of the roles he was in in the 80s, Little Nikita and uh, The Explorers. So I was, I was about his age, I think. So I associated with him a lot. And then, boom, he gets to play the role of a lifetime of being young Indiana Jones for a little bit. Like, it was just amazing. I was like, this guy rules! And um, he did great in it, too. I loved yeah. his character in that. Yep, he killed it. But then he killed himself, kind of. Yes. With drugs. So, yeah. 
Uh, that, that sucks. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Any others, or was that your number one? No, I mean, I was answering these questions with one answer. You've got, like, two, three, four for every one. <laughs> I know. It's your game. You can do what you want. Yeah. Uh, number six, favorite made-for-TV movie. This another easy one for me. There's two of them, but uh, the first one... <laughs> Uh, Salem's Lot. This is Toby Hooper's 1979 adaption of Stephen King's fantastic novel. My third favorite book of all time. And this is, this is pretty much nearly a masterpiece. And it's not just because, um, it feels like Stephen King's book. It's the fact that it has that 70s feel and the book even kind of has that 70s feel. Uh, and it just, that is a great adaption of a great book. One of Toby Hooper's very, very best movies. In fact, I would probably put this right behind Texas Chainsaw Massacre as my favorite Toby Hooper movie. It's It holds up wonderfully. And I love that uh, as a TV movie, uh, I think it was made in two parts. I, th- oh, I don't know. Yeah, Regardless I think it was of, a miniseries, I think. Okay. Uh, but I like that he had enough time to breathe in this movie to where it's three hours long. Um, and you can cover a lot of ground in three hours, so a lot of the book is in there, and it's so ugh, creepy and eerie, and it, even for a made-for-TV movie, I'm like, it's this is a scary movie. Very, very good. And runner-up is Steven Spielberg's directorial, I believe, debut, Duel. That's uh, Dennis Weaver in car versus uh, Crazy Semi-Driver for 80 minutes. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, Basically you're a lot the, more in touch with what was a TV movie. Like, a lot of the times we're talking about movies, and you'll be like, yeah, that was a TV movie. And I'm like, what? I mm. didn't know that. But you got a couple years on me, so you were probably more cognizant of that kind of stuff. Again, to the Google, best TV movies. <laughs> um, so that I, I, like, some of these I had no idea that they were uh, made for TV. But uh, on the list of 100, the top 100 Rated on Rotten Tomatoes, the number one that I would pull off of there was Steven Spielberg's Duel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I'm really ready for a rewatch because I found the VHS. I've got that sitting on the stack. And I'm going to watch that soon. Now, was that shot native 4.3 or was that widescreen? Do you know? Um, man, I, I, I want to say widescreen, but I don't, I'm not sure. Because if it was made for TV at that time, wouldn't it have been 4-3? But it it did get a theatrical release after it premiered on TV, I believe, because it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I I haven't watched the movie in in a long time, so I'm not sure what the aspect ratio is on that thing. But uh, I love that Steven Spielberg, uh, he was very inventive with a low budget, and he would mount these cameras like really tight on the wheels of the semi- and thus giving it a feel of this semi is just trucking ass trying to kill this dude when they weren't going that fast. But even way back then, he was a master filmmaker in the making. And I, it's it's Jaws before Jaws happened because it's, you know, Jaws is the big semi and Dennis Weaver in the car is the beachgoers. Yeah. So. Budget of $450,000. Uh, TV broadcast is 74 minutes. Theatrical cut is 15 minutes longer. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about aspect ratio, but maybe I'll keep looking. What's on? We'll go on to the next thing. Okay. Uh, next up is favorite kid actor in a movie must be under eight years old. And um, I'm I didn't do my research on this, so I because I'm just assuming that they are eight and under. First up would be the child actor that plays Danny from the original Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I I'm pretty sure this was one of his only starring roles. I don't believe that he went on to be an actor, but he nailed it. He nailed that 
role, and he is, and he's one of the most important parts of that movie. Um, even his goofy Amish haircut from back in the early eighties, and it's great. He did a great job, and uh, and Corey Feldman is a uh, honorable mention. I'm sure that there was something in there that Corey Feldman did when he was eight years old, and I support it. <laughs> I'm guessing Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. I'm guessing that he was eight years old in that. I see. I, you put that eight year old restriction on there, and I was like, I am not going to go look this shit up because I got to ah, do math. Oh, research. you did neither. <laughs> well, I, I'm assuming you see. Oh, but Danny, I'm sure Danny was under eight. Yeah, but yeah, even, even Corey Feldman, I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he was under eight in Friday the Thirteenth. What was he in before that? Like. Uh, Goonies, maybe? Yes, dual is widescreen, by the way. Okay. Original aspect ratio of 137, 185. So, yeah, that would have been a widescreen. Okay. Um, who are we talking about? Corey... Favorite kid actor. No, no, Corey... Feldman. God, he's a weird dude. You know that, right? Like, oh, he's yes. a weird dude now. Actor in Stand By Me? He was in Stand... Oh, oh yeah. I was thinking of yeah, the Stand. The... How old was he in that? They had to be like 10 or 12. Yeah, I was... Because River Phoenix was in that one. And Will Wheaton. Will, Will Wheaton was in... Yeah. Will Wheaton was in that. I mean, he's been in a lot of TV and when he was yeah. younger. Are you going to count Mark and Mindy? You're like, that's your pick? My, my Corey Feldman and Mark and Mindy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, uh-huh. over to me. Uh, since I didn't check any ages, I'm sure this kid is older than eight, but I, the first one that popped in my head was Flight of the Navigator. Mm. How old do you think that kid was? Oh, at least eight. He had to be like 10 or 12, probably. Probably 12. He had a lot of attitude for an eight-year-old. Okay, and in case you called foul on that one, my backup was the kid brother from The Last Starfighter. I know that kid could not have been older than eight, and he was a spunky little shit. Uh huh. Looking at stealing his brother's playboys and shit. Who does that kid think he is? Uh, but he did a good job. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, next up, favorite experience in a movie theater ever. And this was easy for me. Uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight is the first thing that popped into my head. And it was nothing special. Like it, it was just the theater was sold out. It was in Worcester. I was with my buddy, Tim. And like, Everybody was, for some reason, in sync that night to that movie. Like, the crowd wasn't obnoxious, but we were all just having a great time. Laughing at all the right parts, and it was perfect. I loved it. And it's weird because usually a sold-out horror movie show, I'm annoyed. But that was that was perfect, and I will always remember that. And runner-up is the original Empire Strikes Back, back in 1980, uh, just because... It was the original, it was the first movie I ever watched, and it was Empire Strikes Back, one of the best movies ever made, and I still remember it to this day, and I was six years old, and it was just, it changed my life. So, those are the two. I had to think about this long and hard, because I've had more bad than good, but I still managed to come up with, well, a couple I was like, yeah, that was kind of fun, but there was one that stood head and shoulders above the rest. And this was... (laughs) Oh, this was back in the day, as they say, sir. Uh, this uh. was back right after high school. You and I had reconnected, but not fully. Uh, we're hanging out all the time, like uh, we did soon after that. But um, 
It was still back in the pot smoking days, and I was running with that crew, and I said, hey, this is when they were doing midnight screenings up at Tinseltown. And so I'd been telling my crew for a while now, guys, Dazed and Confused is coming up. We have to go. We got to go. It'll be a blast. It'll sell out. It's going to be a bunch of stoners like us. It'll be it'll be awesome. And it finally got around to the night, and in true stoner fashion, all my stoner friends were like, let's just hang out. And I was like, so pissed off about it. I was like, fuck. Like, everybody bailed on me. I had like five people that were all going to go. They all bailed. And I was like, fuck all of you guys. I'm going by myself. And I got in my car and drove to Canton by myself for a movie that started at midnight or 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, me about this. I was probably wearing a black trench coat, leather trench coat, because that was fashionable then. Uh, it was it was that time and place, friends. It was the 90s. Anyway, I sat in the back row underneath the projector, and I still smoked cigarettes at the time, and this guy beside me was like, dude, I'll give you a buck for a cigarette. I was like, just take it, dude. It's all good. We're watching Days and Confused, bro. And to my shock, he lit it up right there. I thought he was going to go outside, but no, he was like, "Eh, we're right under the projector. And I'm like, holy shit, really? And then I kind of realized, this is 30 minutes into the movie, the guy a couple rows in front of me has a long leather trench coat on too, but he smuggled in like tall boys of beers and was passing them out to all his friends. The people in the back all the way in the right had a full-size bong (laughs) <laughs> and we're just blowing bong hits in the theater. And I was I was just sitting there waiting for people to come in and get thrown out. And nothing ever happened. So I said to hell with it. I joined this dude in the back, and I started smoking cigarettes right underneath the projector. Now, I, to me, I was like, rebel! But, you know, that would never fly today at all. But uh, much like what you said, the crowd was all in sync. Normally, I will be annoyed by a loud crowd. They were not super loud, but we were all on the same page. We were all kind of partying, doing our own little fun thing. And it was just a total blast of a time that I enjoyed and experienced completely by myself, friendless loser, driving home, you know, <laughs> 3 hour, hour long drive home at 3 a.m. by myself. And I was just smiling from ear to ear. And I was also like, you fucking assholes. All my friends. I was like, I hate you all. Uh, <laughs> Didn't you do that for Ghostbusters, too? Didn't they do a midnight showing for Ghostbusters or there was a, there was a double there too, he- it was a double header of Ghostbusters and Swingers and I had friends with me then like that was the only time I think I went by myself I also saw Raiders of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark uh th- yeah, there was a handful I, I saw like maybe seven or eight movies of the but then they they don't do them anymore now they have the uh regular series I don't know they have a yeah, special they're... series that they do but they're at like regular times like 7 p.m. or something I don't know it was just a perfect sweet spot of me being like early 20s and having the energy to stay up that late and do that kind of stuff. There's a good chance I even went to Denny's by myself afterwards, because that's what we always did, is after the movies, we would go to Denny's and sit there and smoke cigarettes, because you could still do that in restaurants. (laughs) Pig out on the pancakes. Oh, that sounds great. Yep. That sounds great 20 years ago. (laughs) Yep. Now it's like 9 o'clock. Start a movie. We're going to be out in public at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I honestly do not remember the last movie I saw in the theater that was a nine o'clock showing. It's been years. I'm old. <laughs> yep. <sighs> well, we might be coming up. What is today? Tuesday. We might be coming up your way tomorrow night um, for Addie's birthday. She wants to go to Katana. Oh, nice. Uh, so we might be doing that. But then, yeah, the wife was like, yeah, then I can take you clothes shopping after. And I was like, that's cool. Me and the boys are going to a movie. So y'all can. I, I ain't standing around for that. 
Nice. I, have you gone closed shop? I don't know. Is your wife like that? My wife, it's horrible. Oh, she, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Burlington. I can literally go kill three hours, come back. They're still not done. Um, <laughs> why? Why? I hate Burlington Coat Factory. I, I hate that place. It's great for me, but uh, I, I've, I've told her, nope, it's on the list. It's on the yeah. list with Coles. I'm never going there with you again. I'm never. <laughs> Oh, we could continue this conversation. <laughs> number eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Number nine. Favorite black and white movie in honor of the great Mr. Stephen Miller. Uh, my choice was fairly simple. Night of the Living Dead. George Romero's original. I have come to love that movie primarily because of when it was made. And it, it does, uh, like so many reviewers have said before, it has this almost documentary type feel to it. And the very, very low budget helps that movie. Uh, that is, that is truly lightning in a bottle right there, Night of the Living Dead. It, I, it has become almost a yearly viewing for me. It was finally released by Cry- Criterion did a complete remaster on it, and rightly so. This is a true classic movie and it deserved, I mean, after countless, uh, public domain releases, it, I'm glad that it finally got its, its, uh, limelight, you know, to shine. Day in the what, Sun. Day in the Sun. There we go. Night of the Living Dead. And also Black Sunday. Mario Baba's Black Sunday. I love that movie. It's creepy, Italian, witchy goodness from the 60s. It's what's, so what's, good. What's the other name for that movie? Do I have that one on VHS? Black Sunday? Wasn't there another name for it? A Baba I, movie? I, oh, uh, Behind the Door 2 or... Oh, that's... No, that's... Uh, I believe that's Shock. That was uh, Mario Baba's last movie. Okay. Behind the Door. Yeah, Shock. I knew I had a Baba, Baba movie on VHS. Yeah. I just... Good movie. Title was. Uh, and for me, obviously, it's top three movies of all time for me. So Seven Samurai from I figured you'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I was like, I don't know, black. I was kind of brain dead today. Work sucked. I'm black and white. I, I, there's a lot that I like, but I know there's a couple that I really like. What are they? Favorite black and white movie? Oh yeah, Seven Samurai. Duh. Guess what? I got my dead director too. Um. Uh, but yeah, Seven Samurai, uh, nothing against, um, the Hidden Fortress, that would be right next in line, uh, but we were talking 9.75 and a 10 for me. I, yeah. uh, both those movies, what he does with the camera in Seven Samurai, I still don't know how he did it with that, with the older technology. How did he film in the rain like that? Yeah. Without damaging his equipment? I, I, it's amazing, the... It's just amazing. And I got to get that on Blu-ray. It's a shame that I still have this old DVD. While the DVD looked, the Criterion DVD that I have, the transfer was amazing at the time, like mind-blowing at the time. I'm sure a DVD would clean that up a hell of a lot. Yeah. Oh, the, the Blu-ray that I have looks fantastic. And uh, I, that is one that I would have actually... Wait, wait, that. did I just say a DVD would clean that up a lot? Yes, you did. Okay. I was just going to uh, let it slide, but... <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, uh, call me out. A uh, Blu-ray would have cleaned that up a lot. Okay. So, <laughs> But the DVD cleaned up a lot from the uh, satellite transfer that I watched. Oh. That was the first way that I watched it was TV. But yeah, that's one, if I would watch it another two times, that would be up there with the best of the best black and white movies. It already, that and the other two Kurosawa movies that I watched are, they're classics. So, okay. And last but not least, favorite Sylvester Stallone movie in honor of Creed Two opening this weekend. So we were relevant in things that exist. Uh, mine... <laughs> Would be First Blood. That was easy. That is not just my favorite Sylvester Stallone movie. That's one of my favorite uh, action movies of all time. I just rewatched the uh, the new 4K UHD that came out, and it is it is stunning. I mean, I keep on like every now and then a new new one of these 4K remasters comes out, and 
they truly put to shame the Blu-rays. This one here might be the biggest one. Like, it's literally, like, leaps and bounds better than the original Blu-ray release that's, like, about 10 years old now. But it looks incredible, and the movie still holds up. Sylvester Stallone's breakdown in the end to Colonel Troutman when they're in the, uh, in the, I think the police station after he shoots up the police station. Uh, it, I seriously, like, I, it hits me in the feels almost every time. His acting is so good in that scene. As weird as that sound, I mean, he's a, he is a good actor, but even way back then, it felt so raw and real, much more so than any of the other Rambo movies. It's like this real moment that he had in the end of that, but, uh, and that first blood is a, Fantastic movie. I love the survivalist aspect of it too when he's in the woods, uh, fending off against the, the you know, podunk cops and it's great movie. Great movie. I don't disagree. And especially that last, uh, bit of acting he does at the end. It's great, but he, I mean, he goes for it and it's a choice, but it gets over the top to the point of almost hilarious. I love it. Yeah, oh. It's almost incomprehensible. He's like, oh, no, he's just a I'm blowing Oh, I love it. I'm going to cry now. I'm with you. <laughs> like, I don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> and, then, and then right after that, it's a long road. But something Sylvester Stallone did and did and he is so ripped and he's awesome. Uh, okay, my pick, um, I, I went through his whole film- filmography because I, a couple popped to mind that, like, Cobra, I have an attachment Ooh. to, but let's, it's not a good movie. Let's admit it. It's, it's not good. It's hilarious and awesome, and I love that movie, but uh, is it going down as a great movie? No. Uh, for me, I could use, I could pick all of the Ram- Rambo saga, but I just went with Rambo, part four, because I love the way it really closes out the arc from part three where I, th- I haven't watched it in a while, but I feel like part three kind of left it hanging with him in Thailand or something. Uh, yeah. and then, and then four really brought it all home. And I'm so curious what they're going to do in this next one. I guess he's going to go to Mexico and kill drug cartel people or something. But I thought it, w- it was such a tight, beautiful button on the whole arc of John Rambo. Uh, even though it is, and, and it is the most goriest one, like, mm-hmm. it is just crazy. Um, which is cool, but, uh, I, I didn't want to pick any one of the others because I, my first exposure to Rambo was First Blood Part 2. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, just action guy. I got it. Saving people in Vietnam. That's cool. And then I went back to Part 1. I'm like, oh, this one was more of a drama. Like, he's got a real kind of arc going on here. Part 3 should be awesome. It is not awesome. It is terrible. Uh, but then part four really brought it all home for me because he finally got back to America. I finally hung it up um, and came home. And it, wow, what a movie. What a way for a movie to end, that part four. I really dug it. Uh, I still prefer the theatrical cut. I have the unrated or directors or whatever cut it is. I thought that would be better. It's not. It's the Blade Runner effect. Kind of, uh, the first cut of Blade Runner, they had all the voiceover talking that was not necessary. Yeah. And you let me borrow and I agree. I, yeah. I much prefer the theatrical cut. I do too, but it's the only version I have. It's not, it's not like a deal breaker, but it's just, yeah. it's, and it's mostly in that first third, um, where it was like, boy, it was a lot more powerful when he was just silent <laughs> instead yeah. of me talking about my emotions while we're on the boat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
killing, it, it, and it killing kind of reminded me a lot breathing. more of the first of First Blood, where he that's kind of more his character in First Blood too, where he's just the silent ass whipper. Especially part three, which I just watched on 4K. And oh my god! I mean, just the <laughs> cheesy one-liners don't work at all. Ugh. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, I've only watched it once, but it seemed like they didn't start doing that till the third act when shit yeah. gets most heavy, and then yeah. it's like, now let's be funny. Like what? Yeah, when him and Troutman get together, then they're cracking wise. And I'm like, what? This is that? No, no. Yeah, there is still some good. It has its moments, but it was almost like, well, okay, we have to make it bigger and bigger and bigger and better than the last one. And in doing so, it just, no, it, yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, that'll do it for this round of random cues. Anything else you want to add before we move on to recently watched? Nope, that should do it. All right. Take us there, sir. Okay. I'm going to do, uh, first up, a pair of theatrical releases because it's not often that we do like brand new movies, but hey, I made it to the theater twice in one week, which that should do me good for another half year. <laughs> um, first up is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, as most or everybody should know by now, I am a huge Harry Potter fan. I love the Wizarding World. Uh, I love what uh, J.K. Rowling has created, and I uh, am thus far also invested in Fantastic Beasts. The first Fantastic Beast was really, really, really good. Uh, if not, maybe just a smidge not quite as good as the Harry Potter movies, just because I, you know, you, you, read, you read all the books, and then you follow these kids through school, whatever. So you get attached to Can we agree? That whole... Just stop with prequels. I'm just not, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And same same applies here. In fact, I told my wife afterwards, I'm like, why couldn't they have just done something like... 20 years after Harry Potter and it's all new kids in school and there's an all new baddie or whatever. Instead of now we've got a, we have to, now that they're doing these fantastic beast movies. Okay. Now we've got to tie things together so that they match up so that they're not like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Like we know the ending. Yes. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Like I know what's going to happen to Grindelwald in, in uh, I think the Deathly Hallows. Uh, It's so it's like, I know where his character is going. Having said that, it's still cool to be back in the Wizarding World. This one here takes a drastic left turn from what we saw in the first Fantastic Beasts, which is a little bit more of a whimsical fantasy action movie uh, with a kind of a little stinger ending to where it's like, oh, okay, so Grindelwald is going to now be, he's he's going to be the baddie, which is played by Johnny Depp. Well, this one here goes full on with with uh, that character as the baddie. I will, I'm not going to spoil the movie. I'm not going to spend much time on it, but... Johnny Depp is fantastic. Fantastic as Grindelwald. Uh, I like that they they uh, went the opposite direction of what uh, Ralph Fiennes did with Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies, uh, which, like, hissable, no humanity evil. There is very much a humanity in Johnny Depp's Grindelwald, and it really works well. I like that about the movie. I really like Jude Law as Professor Dumbledore. I think he, they really nailed that casting choice. And even though I'm not a huge Eddie Redmayne fan... He is, I'm coming around to his character and his, how he acts in the movie. I'm like, I get it. I get, and I'm getting, this is nerding out here, but the house that he's with in Harry Potter, I'm like, ah, he kind of fits. He's kind of a Hufflepuff. So, okay, I get it. Uh, But. but, I I like it. I'm a fan. Having said that. What in the world is going on at your house? Phone is ringing. Oh. And the kids are just running amok right now. Just absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. 
stomping up and down the stairs and dog barking and of course. Okay, so I, um, hold, hold. my biggest complaint with this movie. Oh, here we go. Hey, knock it off! I have a strong suspicion that they will indeed not knock it off. Not do that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so, the issues that I had with Grindelwald um, is this is all set up and very, very, very little payoff. There's too many uh, interweaving storylines going on in this movie to the point where it gets almost almost lost. Uh, I get it. Everything has to be set up for what is to come in the next... I think this is going to be a five-movie series. So... This is setting itself up perfectly for the third one. And I, I can appreciate that, but there's way too many characters. There's way too much exposition. Um, it just feels almost clumsy. And maybe it was because, um, maybe they cut too much out. I mean, even at two hours and 15 minutes, uh, it felt long, but it also felt like there wasn't enough in there. Like, here's a, here's a story arc. Here's a story arc. Here's a story arc. Here's more conversation. We have to get, we have, these characters have to do this and this and this to get to here because all the shit's going to hit the fan in the last 10 minutes. So we have to get everybody here. And it's kind of, not kind of, it, it's clumsy to me. Uh, some of the characters that they, that, uh, David Yates was creating in the first movie, uh, quite well are here, but almost side characters. And, and okay, that's fine, but it's almost like we got to shoehorn them in because they have a bigger part to play in the next one. And it's just, it's a bit rushed and at the same time almost boring at parts. I still liked it. Uh, it has some great, great action, especially in the end, and I'm looking forward to where it's going to go, but this felt like a placeholder, almost one of those, I'll appreciate this movie more once part three comes out because they'll probably play pretty good together. So, anyway. That's I got a movie that fits a description as well, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, and then next up, I'm trying to yep. keep moving here. Um, I want to get through my theatrical viewings, Overlord. I watched this last night with a friend. <laughs> Dying to hear what you have to say about this. Um, we were two of six people in the theater. And let me tell you what. Um, this has probably bumped... Uh, I'm just thinking of my favorites. I would guess that this is at least number three on best movies of the year for me. Easily. Shit-eating grin... For an hour and 45-ish minutes. This was awesome. Awesome. It lived up to the trailer. It did. And, well, here's the thing with the trailer. The trailer made it out to be wham-bam action. Um, and it is. The beginning and the end are just badass action. But the middle, it slows down, but in the best way possible. Because I like the characters. And they're setting things up. Um, mild spoil here, mild spoiler, There, there's not a whole lot of zombies till towards the end, and I was okay with that, because I was so into these uh, GIs trying to evade the Nazis and setting things up. It was beautifully shot, loud as hell, gory as, oh my god, was it gory in the best way possible. This is basically a live-action uh, Castle Wolfenstein. That's, that's this movie. If you like that game, or that premise... This is your movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I, my, one of my only complaints is they have this weird rap type song over the end credits. I'm like, Meh. it was such a great movie. And then all of a sudden we get this, the end credits song. I'm like, nah, that's, that doesn't really work with what came before. This is, nah. But, oh, the whole way through, I'm like, oh, my, my fellow movie freaks, uh, 
podcasters would like this movie a lot. I mean, there are several times where I'm laughing out loud in the theater at how awesome it is. Like, oh, a head explodes. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was, it was great. It was great. I Highest recommendation. It's unfortunate that it's bombing, but I can kind of sort of understand why this doesn't have a huge mass appeal because it's really gory and it's really downbeat. And why didn't like, why didn't they put it out in October? I don't know. I this would have been a great October movie, uh, but it's it's low or devoid of laughs, which I appreciate. There's they're not cracking wise with each other. There's one guy that I guess does a little bit, but. I, I liked I liked all the characters. I liked the 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 um, the motivations for how they keep on going. It all works. I wasn't like that's kind of a dumb. Why are you doing that? That's a stupid move. They all I'm like that. I, they're soldiers and they're doing. That's what I would do if I were them. Not that I'm a smart soldier guy or whatever. But oh, I love to see Nazis, especially Nazi zombies, get what's coming to them. It's great. Huge, huge thumbs up. Awesome. I was very curious because I didn't hear back anything you. back from you, so I was like, "Hmm." I wanted to. I wanted to talk about it on the show. And just I, I assumed, I, but that usually means it's a huge thumbs up or a huge thumbs down. Yeah, I suggest if it does, if and when it does pop up with the dollar theater. I mean, that's a hit and miss place, but man, you should see that on a big screen because holy shit, if they have the sound right, that thing was loud as hell. I'll try. I'm due for another theater visit, and if I gotta take my kids to something. Make it overboard. Yeah, might as well. I mean, I got one day to teach them to sit on each other's uh, shoulders and wear an overcoat, and they can come in with me, right? (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. It'll be fine. Uh, Why are you grabbing booster seats, sir, for Overlord, sir? And then you just say, hey, it's at the Dollar Theater. All is It's fine. We're at the Dollar Theater. Everything goes, anything goes at the Dollar Theater. (laughs) I was talking about tomorrow. Go tomorrow. Oh. Uh, what would you do to avoid going to clothes shopping with the 14-year-old and the wife? Yeah. Oh, I would watch literally anything anything that's playing at the theater right now. If the timing is right, I would just one ticket for that, please. Yep. I'm going to be that guy. Then I'm going to sit there and yeah. talk through the whole thing. Okay. Uh, let's get to those couple of Barry Pepper movies I said I watched. Maze Runner 3, The Death Cure. Young hero Thomas embarks on a mission to find a cure for the deadly disease known as The Flare. Uh, now, I really liked... We all have our YA movies that we like and dislike. That's young adult movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've more often than not disliked them, but Maze Runner hit me, boom, right square in what I like. I love that first movie. It is awesome. Great premise, great action, great story, cliffhanger ending, but you know what? Most of them do that because they got to have four or five movies. Uh, the sequel, I didn't care for as much, but it kind of what you were talking about earlier, it felt like, oh, I'm going to like part three, or I'm going to like it better after part three comes out and I know more Mm -hmm. what's happening. And I will have to go back and rewatch it to make sure that that is true, but I enjoyed part three much better than part two. Part three was very interesting. Uh, Again, neither of them quite are as awesome as part one, but that's because it's revealing the whole very new idea and mystery, so that it has a lot of... uh, it is a lot going for it, the first part there. Starring Dylan O'Brien, who is the star of American Assassin. It's amazing how that guy can also can play like an older teen, but also a mid-twenties badass. Like, he, he can totally pull off either role. I really like this kid. Even in the uh, movies where, like the uh, second Maze Runner, I'm like, eh. Uh, I, he's totally watchable, and I totally dig him, and I believe that he is 
as passionate uh, uh, his character is as passionate about his the mission goal as he is portraying like i really believe this kid wants to accomplish this shit um so maze runner 3 thumbs up i will have to go back and watch part 2 again to see if it improves that one but i enjoyed the movie it, it really gets into some emotional stuff in the third act but only if you had watched the the previous movies what was the one with um uh, I can't remember all the stupid YA movies that I've watched. Um, I was going to ask, like, how do these compare with the Diver- Divergent series? Because I know that's that... the name. That's the oh, series okay. I was thinking about. Uh, Divergent one, okay. Divergent two, okay. But then Divergent three, I was like, oh, now it's badass. Now mm. I really, really like this series. But it took a couple movies to get going. But it's only because part three went super crazy sci-fi. I mean, it was already crazy sci-fi, but part three like went off the cliff of sci-fi, and I was like, yeah, now this is awesome. Uh, actually, I mean, part two kind of did, but it was more of a virtual reality kind of idea thing, I think. But then part three was where it just went bonkers, and I loved it. Um, and it's kind of the opposite with Maze Runner. But both of those are watchable. If you're looking for wife stuff, they're not painful. I mean, I think you would agree with me that Maze Runner is better than the Divergent series, but um, I'd watch the Divergent series again. I didn't hate them. They were interesting. Uh, anyway, Maze Runner, and I think there's another Maze Runner movie coming. So oh, really? I, well, I think these are all based on YA. No- I assume they're all based on YA novels, and I think there's another one that I saw listed on IMDb. I was hmm. like, okay, well, part four, whatever. We can just now, just rolling. And wasn't the Divergent series? I kind of feel like the last one really bombed, and so they were like, well, we're done. Even though there's another book or something like that, maybe, or did, did it end like? The series of, is, I mean, it kind of ended in a way that it could be over. That was okay. fine. Whereas Maze Runner 2 definitely needed another movie. And okay. same with this one. As I recall, this one could kind of end, but it could also keep going. It's not uh, decisive one way or the other. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that's another thing that I really appreciated about uh, Overlord is I was... Because I, I went into this movie last night knowing this movie bombed. And I mean, it's really bombed. I'm like, please don't have a cliffhanger type ending because there's probably not going to be a sequel. And I like that it is wrapped up quite well. They actually could continue this story, but it's, I'm guessing we'll never see anything past this. And I'm fine with that because it, it ends perfectly. I, I like when they, they don't leave you with a cliffhanger and then the movie bombs and then now you're stuck with nothing. Cause yeah, I didn't they do that I, with a golden compass. I think that was a bad movie. Uh, but I kind of remember that was going to be a, that's springboarding a new, why I don't, it was such a bad movie. I know. I don't know. Uh, but I, I like it when a movie can do both. For example, the matrix, Mm -hmm. it wraps up and I'm like, this is it. This is this movie. This movie is amazing. Then they're like matrix two. And I'm like, what? Well, where do you go from here? And then I watch matrix two and I'm like, Oh, we have plenty of places to go. This is, I mean, I I know most people like to crap on that movie, but I like the matrix sequels. Yeah. Especially part two. Whereas part two ended on a cliffhanger where it's like, yep, I, oh, I need the next one right now. What are you doing? This is half a movie. Yeah. At the end of Matrix 2, they really did a, like, stop. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yes, it was very much a cliffhanger. Yeah, it stopped in the middle of the movie. Like, where am I going with this? It stopped. And then the credits rolled and then you left the theater. And then you went home. Back I to you. <laughs> I guess what I was saying is I didn't expect a sequel to The Matrix, the first yeah. one. Uh, okay. Next up, The Green Mile. Three hours and nine minutes. A double VHS tape. 
affair. The lives of guards on death row are affected by one of their charges, a black man accused of child murder and rape, yet who has a mysterious gift. Directed by arguably one of about two people or three people that can properly adapt Stephen King material, Frank Darabont. Just give him all Stephen King stuff. Why is that not his everyday job? Your oh, your next job? Adapt another Stephen King thing. And go. Mm-hmm. Um, here's all the money. <sighs> I don't know how Green Mile did in theaters, but I guess, well, Shawshank bombed, didn't it? Yeah. And, na- and now it's like considered one of the greatest movies of all time. I'm sure it made it up on home video. Anyway, uh, yet another great Barry Pepper performance. Uh, and another great Frank Darabont, Stephen King adaptation. This is a good movie. And, I mean, I'm not over the moon about this movie, but I do have a special connection with this in as much as I was really heavy into King, uh, books when this came out. And they released this one in a way that has, they had never done before with other books, which was, we're gonna give you a couple of chapters, then you're gonna wait a month, and then we'll give you a few more chapters. Wait another month, we'll give you a few more chapters, and here in small town Ohio, where your local Walmart, Kmart, whatever, can just, oh, we'll get this book in this month, but then not next month, and you don't know, it felt like six months in between each one of these episodes. Uh, and I still have all six parts of the the serialized version. Um, it was a failed attempt at, hey, we can sell more books if we only sell them in pieces and we can make more money. Yeah, they didn't do that anymore. Uh, but Green Mile, the movie, I think it holds up to the books from what I remember of the, I haven't read it since it came out. Um, Michael Clark Duncan gives an amazing performance. There's another great actor gone too soon. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is just <sighs> vanilla America man number one. And he is, uh, he's great at what he does. I love Tom Hanks. Green Mile is fantastic. That and and it it's another King adaption that uh, is very true to the books. To the the well the, the book. The yeah, well it, it was multi books when yeah. I bought it. Uh, but that Percy Wetmore, Doug Hutchinson is such a scumbag. Yes, like, he is. That's something that King is good at. He can make you hate a person. And Sam Rockwell is in here as just mm-hmm. a despicable, despicable person. Like so bad you want them to die. Um, well, they're on death row, so what do you expect? But he just goes over the top, making them so hissable. Uh, anyway, it's it's fine performances all around. It's a good movie. You know where it's going. Um, anyway, thumbs up on Green Mile. It's uh, but it's not one that I'm freaking out about. I, I enjoy the movie, but it, again, it's it's got this glaze of icky, rapey stuff and kids' death that I'm like, why is it always got to be kids' death and rape, Mister King? Um, I mean. Ugh. It almost makes it hard to enjoy a thing. Yeah. Okay, okay back to you. Oh, uh, okay. I'm assuming... Uh, last were... round, last okay. round. Um, so I'm going to... Um, oh, shit. Let's see here. Uh, I could review the box set of Island of Blood. That's four movies. Just um, one. Just give, give us one. One of those movies? No, just... I mean, just give us a okay. one movie review. Okay. Because um, I need to spend a little bit more time on... On that shit show. So yeah. I'll hold off on that until the next time. Satanic Rites of Dracula. I finally, finally watched the Satanic Rites of Dracula. This is the only Hammer Dracula movie that I have never seen. Uh, mainly because it's it was public domain, uh, awful shit quality VHS. 
Um, and uh, finally it was released to Blu-ray. And um, I'm happy to finally have watched the movie, own it. And uh, while it is not as good as the other ones, I still am totally down with this series and totally down with... Christopher Lee as Dracula, and of course Peter Cushing, and this one here. I'm I'm assuming that you watched it. I think that you watched this one. You were like, "Ed sucked," but you probably watched a on one of those, you know, thirty movies on. Yeah, I have uh, no idea. Yeah, but this one here is it's more of an espionage type thing going on to where there's uh, higher ups in uh, in London or in, in Scotland that are uh, like the wealthy people or whatever. They're in this secret cult. Uh, witchcrafty cult and it all comes I love that it all comes down to Christopher Lee as this businessman now uh, who also happens to be Dracula and his end game is to spread the the uh, I think the bubonic plague and just wipe out the earth and then the end that's his end game and I'm like that's that's great that's such a evil satany thing I guess and and they even discuss they even discuss in the movie like well if he does that how will he survive? I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to. He's evil and he, he wants to be done. And he wants to take everybody with him. I'm like, yep, good. That's, yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> but it's got, it's it's in the 70s now. So it's got that hammer cheese going on in it. The music is funny. It's almost James Bondy. I'm like, oh, it doesn't work, but it does. Um, and there's, of course, a, you know, naked... Naked lady on a altar getting sacrificed and for some stupid reason. But I'm like, yeah, that's it. I like that. Keep, keep that role. And a silver bullet plays a part in the movie. I'm like, wait, whoa, back the, back the horror movie tropes train up here. That, it's not quite right. That's for werewolves, but it's hammer. They're allowed to do whatever the hell they want. So. I, I, th- I think there has been a time or two when silver was involved with, uh, Dracula. Well, Dracula 2000, the 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, yeah. this one here, they melt down a, a silver cross. It doesn't work, though. He, yeah. Spoiler alert, he gets trapped in, in, in these, this tree, and the trees are like the same trees that were used on the, on Christ's crown of thorns. I'm like, so that's what kills him this time. I'm like, that makes sense. Sure. Roll credits. Yep, good movie. Uh, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking here. I don't think I've seen this movie. It's good. It's, it's very much in the vein of Dracula AD. No, that's my. I think that was my favorite one of those. Yeah, and then you'd probably get a kick out of this. And there's there's a couple of uh, vampire ladies in the basement dressed in red for some reason. I it it just, just roll with it. But I, the ending was hilarious when the silver bullet doesn't work out, and I'm like, oh, now he's stuck in a tree like branches, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna kill him because they're the same branches that were used for the like. That's pretty convenient, pretty <laughs> convenient there. But I liked it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, back yeah. to me. Or? Yeah, I'm done. I, I I could review more, but I know we're getting yeah. In time. Well, okay, one more here, and we'll wrap it up. Right. Uh, yes, we talked about it before. I bought all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. <gasps> Ooh, did you watch them? Wow, you got so excited right there. Like, oh, that's like, you're like, where did all this semen come from? Tell that me more. Gives me a chubby. <laughs> Uh, the, it started off with Friday the 13th, the remake. Alright. <laughs> ah, I was hoping to, I, I watched part two and it's awesome and Sackhead Jason, like, oh. Oh, no, I'm, I'm gonna go on a tear of those. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting. Right now okay. I'm still on, on VHS 
craze. And next episode, uh, spoiler for coming soon, next episode I'm going to do a, a speed round of VHS again. Okay. See how many I can get knocked out. Because I've got so many on my list I haven't talked about. But Friday the 13th, the remake, my original review was, hmm, this movie is forgettable because I watched it and it was like two days later, it was like, hmm, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, I watched this movie before the horror-thon. Yeah. Don't, don't ask me what happened in it because I could not tell you. I own the movie. I watched it. Things happened, I guess. I don't remember a frame of this movie. Not a single frame. It's not bad. I've come to a, a kind of appreciate it. It's it's the whole cigarette effect. You smoke it enough, and it's it starts to taste okay. Uh, I, I don't remember anything that happened in this movie. I don't remember any of the people. I don't remember anything. <laughs> How and, so? This was before the horathon. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, give it another watch. Oh, I own it on DVD, sir. Yeah. So it'll get watched again sometime. Why not? I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Can't be harmful to me. Exactly. See? Just just another cigarette down there. Just uh-huh. getting, giving me the Friday the 13th cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Friday the 13th cancer. There's your title. There's your title. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I had more to say about that, but I literally do not. Um, okay, what do you got coming soon? <laughs> Wow. Um, coming soon, uh, Home Alone Parts 1 and 2. Um, oh, it's Christmas time. Yeah. Yep. Um, You're really going to watch Part 2? How, how are you going to deal with that scene? Just tell me, how are you going to deal with that scene? Which, which scene? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We will be readdressing that situation at a later date in a later episode. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for you. <sighs> um, and Frozen. Let's just say you're gonna hate that movie. Okay. <laughs> what else? Yeah, Frozen. Um, to Christmas Story. Elf. Christmas Vacation. Uh, Grinch. Back to you. <laughs> you know what? I'm just not going to ruin it for the listeners, but we'll just be replaying episodes from last year and the year before. Yeah, year before that. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beginning to look like... <laughs> okay, Grinch Weaver. Um... <laughs> oh, and Phenomena from Dario Argento. Yes. Uh, I finally, I, 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 I'm finally going to watch Christmas Story. I got it on VHS. I'm going to watch the thing finally this year. I've never seen it before. Uh, other than that, I'm going to rip roar and tear of VHS. As you will see next episode when we do a speed round of that, we'll see how many I can get done in about five minutes. I think I can, I think I can go, what's my record? I, I bet I can go 15. 15 movies. I bet I can, because I've watched some shit, sir, that does okay. not... I mean, I just reviewed Friday the 13th remake in about two minutes. If that's the case, I'm going to go I'm gonna go whole hog on this Island of Blood series. I'm going to see if I can do that in one minute. Four movies, one minute. 
Wow, that is some shitty shit you watched. I know oh, you. Oh. I know you. That's not oh. going to be a... I've got one minute to tell you about how great this is. This is going to be one minute of just, oh, just an ass-ripping. A dog always comes back to its vomit, sir. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it fits. It fits. I don't either, but it works. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm really struggling with the title of this episode this week. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, just tons of VHS. Uh, a couple of Blu-rays I picked up. I want to rewatch. I, I want to rewatch that American Assassin, this unlocked movie with Numi Rapace. Uh, uh, that Kingsman Golden Circle, I want to wa- get that checked off. Lots of shit on, on deck. Um, That's it for me. Anything else you want to add for this episode? Nope, that should do it. All right. I will probably see you next week, sir. All right, till then. See ya. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.